We're very thankful to be joined today by Stephen Rabb. He is the author of a critically acclaimed and best-selling book, The Founder's Speech to a Nation in Crisis, What the Founders Would Say to America Today. He has a perspective that uh, political polarization is not necessarily a bad thing. We're going to talk about that as well. Mr. Rabb, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Will. I appreciate it. Well, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, Tell us about your background educationally and professionally. Sure. Uh, so my education, I, I have a bachelor's of, in journalism, actually, interestingly enough, um, from the University of Central Florida many years ago. But that's not where I get my education. My education is from life um, and from living on this planet. Enough years to see the political um, wranglings and to see the world play out. Um, I'm a bit of conservative for my entire life and uh, a person of faith. And I've seen um, just the exponential uh, threatening of uh, the freedom of faith, the freedom of religion in this country, um, and and so uh, I wanted to do my part. Uh, I determined a couple years ago that one of our greatest problems in this country is that we have such a lack of knowledge and lack of understanding of the founding principles of our country, of who we are as Americans, and I, I felt like we ought to go to the source. The Founding Fathers, what did they say about who we are as a people, about our ethos, about this country? And so I started writing the book uh, as a speech, but uh, a speech in which I would put a lot of commentary in there, I would add a lot of my own thoughts my own, about what they were saying. And the deeper I got into it, the, the less I found that necessary, that I felt like that they were saying it and then I was somehow explaining what they just said brilliantly, and I was saying it. In, in much less effective ways than they were saying it. So I decided that the best book is is the voice of the founders to America. Um, and so the book is written on the premise that if the founding fathers came to America right now uh, and together surveyed our country and then gathered in Independence Hall and wrote a single speech to America right now, what would they say in that speech? And this book is that speech, and I spent a couple of years going through all their quotes, all their letters, all their texts, and curating those into a tapestry, into a single narrative voice of the Founding Fathers. It's amazing how much they agreed on the principles of our country. Their disagreements were over policy. Their agreements were on principle. And that gets to your opening premise, is how do we, as Americans, um, properly and effectively disagree? Well, it's a very interesting concept that you've laid out that is the structure of this book. And I think that it brings to mind the question, what is it today that makes us all Americans? And I don't, I don't know what that is. We used to all stand for the flag. Uh, we used to all believe in free speech. Uh, we used to all generally, uh, you know, rally around the same faith. But other than the geographic borders that we share, uh, what is it that makes, it all, makes us all Americans? And I don't know how to answer that question. Well, that's right, and even the geographic borders they're attempting to, to tear down, right? Uh, even that, they've become globalist and, and don't appreciate even our status as a nation, and they see us as more bad than good, and they see our ethos and our cult and, the, and our cultural history as being 
all negative. They certainly are out to bring down the church and to make it uh, almost uh, inappropriate to be a Christian, almost uh, where you are shouted down and canceled for expressing your faith. And, and that is, uh, well, that is a world that we've allowed to happen. Um, and and this is part of the goal of the book is to is to encourage people to stand up for these principles that we have bought in far too much into the narrative of the left, um, not only in the political narrative, but the narrative of of, uh, of racism and that America is our history is rooted in in racism, and so we get we we kind of stand down and start to start to feel a little uncomfortable about pushing back on that. Well, absolutely, we should push back on that. The, the Declaration of Independence was the pivot of history. It was the moment in which, from that moment forward, in the, in the next 22 years, seven states went from having slavery be legal to, to slavery being illegal in those states. And they did that because of the sentiments of all men are created equal of who we are as a people. And that became a ripple across the globe. That became the the founding ethic of the, of the globe that became an abolitionist movement that actually ended slavery. So uh, the founders aren't responsible for slavery. They're responsible for ending slavery. And that's what we need to, that's the message we need to put out there. That's what, it is their ideas and ideals that have changed the direction of the world, not only for America, but for all of Western civilization and beyond, has followed this founding ethic that was that the founding fathers set in place. Um, and we have to stand up for that. We have to know it and we have to be strong behind it and, and not uh, and not be meek and sheepish um, in the face of this these tyrants who would who would shout us down. Stephen Rabb is with us. He is the author of a book, The Founder's Speech to a Nation in Crisis. So, obviously, some of the things that you are saying, many people in the country would disagree with. And, of course, when we have disagreement, we have political polarization, and some say that we're more divided than we have ever been. Uh, one of the takes that is mentioned uh, by you is that political polarization is a good thing. Tell me why that can be possible. Well, I mean, it is it is the founding principles we just talked about. Uh, if you are for free speech, then compromising on being half for free speech uh, is not a good compromise. If you have a glass of water and um, in one leg your left hand and a glass of poison in your right hand, uh, filling them meeting in the middle with a half with a glass that is half water and half poison will end up with a glass of poison. And, and that is what we have done. We ha we have um, compromised on principles. We have uh, let let people define for us what this country is about. We have given up our children to public schools um, who have an agenda, and it's time for us to stand up and take that back. Um, and we're doing it. We're seeing it. We're seeing the awakening happening now, like like I've never seen in my lifetime. Uh, and I pray that that's just the beginning of a retaking of our public schools and maybe even more importantly, of a uh, parents realizing that they are the principal teachers of their children, that they are responsible for inculcating their children in the founding ethos 
of this country, um, that they can't outsource that to the schools. Uh, so that's what, I mean, I, I mean, I, not absolutism, but certainty, but confidence in our positions that we are doing what is right for our families, for our children, and we're willing to stand up for that. And we're not going to say that it, that our position is that you should not teach transgenderism to five-year-olds. Their position is that you absolutely should teach transgenderism to five-year-olds. We cannot meet in the middle on that and say, well, we'll let you teach a little bit of transgenderism to five-year-olds. No. No, none is the answer. It's not happening. We're not allowing it. We're waking up to what's happening in these schools, and we are kicking you out. We're putting parents back in, and we are reinvigorating private school systems of this country and putting our kids in schools where we have a deep understanding as parents of what the curriculum is, of what their their philosophy is as a school and who they are as as leaders in that school so that we can have confidence we are we, we are just sending them off to these public schools as if they are babysitters and then shocked when they come back with foolishness in their heads but much more than just bad ideas i mean these ideas shape their entire view of themselves and will take very malleable very malleable young human beings and turn them in a direction that they may never come back from. Um, and that's, we, we cannot let that happen. And that's, that's when we say, well, well, there are times for compromise. Uh, if we're going to talk about, should we spend a million dollars on building the road, new road, or should we spend $2 million on building a new road that I can compromise on a million and a half with you for building a new road that's critical to our society or or a new warship to defend us i can we can debate all day on whether or not it's a hundred million dollar warship and we need one of them or two of them those are reasonable debates but there are there are first principles that we do not debate on that are not that we do not compromise on that our aim has to be no we win this we win this and they lose this and so there will be conflict. There, there was conflict with the founders between them. But the difference in the founding era and our world today is that the founders agreed not only on – agreed on principle but disagreed on policy. Our debate is different. We are debating people who do not agree in principle. We do not have a place – and you referenced this earlier – where we can meet them and say, here we meet as common Americans. Here we meet and agree. We might disagree on some policy on how to get things best – get things done to achieve these goals, but we agree on these goals as Americans and, and what it means to be an American. Oh, that is – we have no longer can say. Um, and for that purpose, no, we, we can't – we don't have the same kind of ability – for compromise that they even had because we aren't sharing the same set of core values that they shared with one another. Stephen Rabe is with us. He is the author of The Founder's Speech to a Nation in Crisis. I'm going to share a thought with you and then just sort of let you react to it. I think that one of the things that has, interestingly enough, been a hindrance to the conservative movement in this country has been that many conservative people are, generally speaking, 
in the middle to the middle upper class in this country. And whenever they come across an opportunity to run for school board or they come across an opportunity to express their political opinions, they don't do it because they are afraid that they will suffer some sort of economic harm, whether it's because they have a contract with the local school district or with the local public university or whatever. And so uh, there are all of these little entanglements that perhaps people did not have, and I'm not wishing that the country would have a lower standard of living, but it seems that when we did in the 50s and 60s, whenever the honeymooners were living in a one-bedroom apartment with one picture on the wall, it was easier to hold fast to an ethic because you had to hold fast to that ethic because you didn't have all of these comforts to distract you from the things that are eternal. Um, Am I making any sense here? Absolutely making sense. And what has happened is that we um, bought all our products from corporations who have forgotten from whence they came and forgot uh, which hand feeds them. Uh, and we've let that happen. We, we've let these corporations and uh, and others um, cancel uh, us. And because we were unwilling to um, move our economic interests, and the movement now is happening. Uh, we see companies being built that are designed to compete with um, these woke companies, uh, and to so that they start feeling pain for um, uh, canceling conservatives. Uh, that right now they feel no pain. The only pain they feel is from the left. They they and so uh, and they are they are just corporatist transactionalists sheep that will follow wherever they believe the dollar is and the least amount of pain is so we need to have the ability to inflict pain on corporations to get them back to the idea that they're focused on um shareholders and not this kind of global stakeholders view uh in which uh, the entire community owns the company and so the entire community can just scream at the company and then the company makes choices that are not in their financial interest that are only in the interest of of the uh, leftist advocates and and so and, and they that's where their pain point's been we have to create another pain point we have to have companies that we start frequenting we have to have um a red economy in which we start focusing our dollars on on uh, companies that protect and defend um, the American ethos uh, and will stand up for free speech and will not cancel conservatives and will not deplatform um, through bank, their banking and um, someone's bank because they disagree with their political opinions and all of that. We're not suggesting that we're going to remove Democrats from these platforms. We want platforms that are open, once again, to everyone regardless of their view that there that a company should be should have a neutrality um, and should focus on delivering its product and not um, becoming a, a woca-cola um, that is taking a position on the Georgia which I live in Georgia is taking a position on the Georgia Voting Act in which they had no idea what they're talking about I mean it, the Georgia Voting Act is if you read it was 
was absolutely it's things like uh, people should have a driver's license to show up to the polls. Uh, and and they acted like this is uh, Jim Crow, and, and it was uh, corporations jumping in on that, from Major League Baseball to Coca-Cola and so on, and that's the price. We ha- They have to pay a price for that. They have to feel that pain when they do that, um, and we have to stop drinking Coke, and we have to stop frequenting Delta Airlines, and, and we have to stop you know um, supporting Major League Baseball when they take action specifically to harm conservatives. Um, and, and that's what we have to wean ourselves off of and commit ourselves to a red economy in which we are supporting people who share our values and, and believe in freedom and freedom of speech, freedom of faith, um, all the freedoms. Stephen Rabe has been our guest today. The Founder's Speech to a Nation in Crisis, what the Founders would say to America today is his book. I presume you can find it at all of your uh, you know, book-selling outlets. That's correct. That's correct. And you can um, find out more information at um, thefounderspeech.com. Thefounderspeech.com. Stephen, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate the visit. Thank you, Will.